welcome to A Waldorf Journey, a podcast for teachers, parents, students, and people who are passionate about Waldorf education. I'm Meredith, and I'm glad you're here. You can find show notes for this episode along with a lot more useful content on my website, awaldorfjourney.com. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter to receive updates about new content on the blog and podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as A Waldorf Journey. Today is Wednesday, December 6th, and this is episode number 24. My first graders are so excited about the holidays, and there are so many festivities, even at school during this time of year. It can be pretty tricky to stay focused on the work that we have to do. I know that Waldorf families are thinking about this too, so I thought I'd dedicate a whole episode to the topic of the holidays and the Waldorf family. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for being here and listening to the podcast this week. Um, I'm glad I finally got a chance to get back on here and update. I usually try to do so on Sundays, but that just didn't happen this week. So the first thing I want to mention is if you want to stay up to date with updates on the blog and the podcast, you can get on my email list, which I send out probably a couple times a month, maybe three or four times a month. And uh, anytime there's an update with a podcast or blog post or anything interesting going on on the website, I send it off to that list. So the best way to get onto that email list is to text the word Waldorf, W-A-L-D-O-R-F, to the number 444-999. And you'll get a message back with an option to enter your email address and you'll get added to the list. So I think you'll really like being a part of it. I don't send out spam. I'm also, I'm always very thoughtful about what I send out. So I think, um, yeah, I think most people really enjoy being on that list and let me know that by responding to my emails, which I always appreciate. So, which reminds me, I love getting feedback from all of you. So if you, uh, could drop me an email, my email address is meredith at awaldorfjourney.com. That's M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H at awaldorfjourney.com. I would love to hear from you, and if you have thoughts about things you want to hear me talk about on the podcast, or blog posts that you're looking for, or if you're wondering if I'm going to create any more curriculum guides, then I would love to know about that. I am working on some. I am hopeful that I'll have a whole big batch of things for you to use uh, ready to go this summer, so you can use them for your summer preparation. So, But I'm working on them bit by bit. So, I also love to just answer questions and give Give any kind of mentoring suggestions or advice. So uh, if you have those questions, don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to hear it. Um, I'm also, I would love it if you went to iTunes and left a review. I understand that that is how, it's the best way for other uh, listeners to find out about the podcast. So if you go on to iTunes and just leave, you can either, either leave a star rating or a, a thorough, a more thorough review. Either one is helpful and will help other people 
to um, find the podcast. And then I know that I have all these little announcements to make, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. Um, one of the things I'm so excited about that is really kind of just coming together, that some it's enough together that I'm pretty sure I can announce it. And that is that some colleagues and I are hosting a February conference. And I'm so excited about it because usually, so February conference, the week of President's Day is a time that Typically, Waldorf schools are closed and that Waldorf teachers use that as professional development time. And I've gone to lots of different February conferences in the past, and I'm so excited that my colleagues and I are hosting one. So um, I've got a great bunch of colleagues who are so inspiring and have such incredible ideas. And uh, I'm excited that they're going to share them with all of you. So if you are interested in a conference in uh, on either teaching Japanese uh, or teaching Spanish or any other world language, she really goes through all of the uh, just the whole curriculum and about what what should come where in terms of teaching a foreign language. Um, we also my other the handwork or the practical arts teacher at our school. She teaches both handwork and hard crafts, uh, woodworking typically. Uh, she's teaching a a conference on uh, the practical arts in uh, the upper grades, grades five through eight. And then I'm teaching a course on planning and record keeping and writing reports. So I'm so excited about it because I think, especially I'm really excited about the one that I'm teaching because it really is, uh, I think, an aspect of our work that often gets overlooked. And I certainly didn't really learn how to plan curriculum or keep records or write reports when I was in teacher training. So um, so I think it's, it's a really great topic and it's just in time for getting ready to write your report. So if you are interested in coming to Portland and attending a February conference with a bunch of really inspiring, fun teachers, then reach out and let me know. Um, I will add a link to the blog post that goes along with this episode, and I'll put it in the show notes as well, where um, it looks like we're going to be able to do some online registration. So you can just click the link and register that way. And uh, so I'll make sure that is uh, in the notes and ready for you. And if you're not certain about it and you're not sure if it's the right thing for you, if it would match what you're looking for uh, for uh, professional development, then just drop me an email and I can answer some questions. Or um, if you're interested in one of the other conferences, I'll forward it on to them and they can let you know too. So. Okay, great. So then the final thing I wanted to mention was Patreon. Um this is one of the ways that you can support the podcast and I've had more and more people join on with Patreon and just offer a few dollars every month to support my work making this podcast and anything I get through Patreon really goes right back into sustaining the podcast so I have to pay hosting fees and um, there are of course you know supplies and gear that I've you know purchased to make this happen so 
Anything that you donate through Patreon goes right back into supporting the podcast and um, helping to do this work that I am really loving and I think that you are loving too. The other way also, and especially at this time in the holidays, is um, Amazon. So if you click on any of the links on my website over to Amazon before any purchase that you make, uh, will I'll get a small portion of it. And it, it's very small, just a few little pennies, but it, every, it all adds up. And, um, and I really appreciate you supporting in that way. So that is it for now. Let's go ahead and dive into the, the topic that I really wanted to talk about today. And that is the holidays. And, um, you know, here we are right now. It's December 6th. There's so much going on getting ready for the holidays. My students are absolutely beside themselves thinking about the holidays that are coming up and what they're going to do. And we've actually already had at our school, we have all these little festivals and things that come at this holiday season that we've already had our winter spiral which is, you know, the first one that is kind of exciting. Then we had our, our uh, winter fair, which is on a Saturday. It's a big, our school is completely transformed. Um, the children are so excited, so excited about that. And then just today we had St. Nicholas come. So there are all of these festivals that happen right around the holidays that can really make it difficult for us to get our work done at school. And I, you know, I'm really grateful today. It was interesting. Of course, St. Nicholas came and uh, there's the the way St. Nicholas comes at our school is that at some point when we're in our class during main lesson, we hear a little knock on the door and then we, I open the door and there's a basket and in that basket are golden walnuts and, um, and little uh, mandarin oranges. So, um, Anyway, the children were just so excited. It was the most exciting thing. And it was so adorable that, uh, you know, when we kind of saw what it was and they, many of them just couldn't help but stand up and they went out, they went to the window and they looked up at the sky and they called out, thank you, St. Nicholas. So it was so sweet. But they got right back to work and I talked to them about that and that it was important that we, even though we have these exciting things, St. Nicholas would want us to do continue to do our very best work and so and so we did it was fantastic um, but I know that this is an issue at home too I can think about when my children were little and when the holidays were coming and <clears throat> how things were really topsy-turvy there were all kinds of things different things going on our our schedules got thrown off we uh, had family visiting from out of town or sometimes we went out of town we wanted to make the most of those experiences but it often meant that you know bedtimes were missed and um, meal times were missed naps didn't happen all of those things uh that really kind of we uh, I guess as Waldorf families are pretty good at you know we really look for ways to bring our children rhythm and routine and repetition so that their lives are comforting and they they don't kind of fall out of sorts all that much but the the holidays are just a time when that happens so what can you do what do you do and to to make that time kind of 
to live through it in a way that you you'll enjoy it your children will enjoy it and um and you can still make the most of all of that opportunity that you have to connect with extended friends and family so i really wanted to talk about that um so the first thing that comes to mind for me is to just recognize that it's going to be hard and um i remember this have knowing this or or i guess when my children were young and i would come upon a time or something would happen that i knew was going to be difficult if i just reminded myself okay this is going to be hard don't worry this is going to be a hard thing that you're going to have to get through and then somehow just doing that going through that process of reminding myself of that uh made a huge difference and I was suddenly just a little easier on myself and easier on my children. So you just you just need to know your children are going to cry more. Um, they might have a harder time falling asleep. And if you just reassure yourself that it's going to get better and when all of this busyness of having family around stops, then things are going to go back to normal. So don't beat yourself up that you're doing it wrong or that something is completely off because your child isn't sleeping. And so you start to investigate all these different things that you could do differently or what, you know, maybe they need to learn some other thing. Maybe your child is being disrespectful to you and you're wondering, oh, they shouldn't talk to me this way. No, it's just the holidays. It's just crazy. So have patience with them and with yourself and know that it's going to get better soon. So secondly, take a look at your regular rhythm and look for the rhythms and the routines that you know are particularly sustaining for your child. So identify those practices that you have where you know that your child will really be thrown off without them. So maybe it's oatmeal every morning for breakfast or maybe it's the story that you read at bedtime every night and figure out what those things are and you know maybe even if it's just one thing that you can keep in place keep that one thing may you know maybe it's it's I don't I don't know like I said maybe it's the breakfast that they have or the story or the nap in the afternoon whatever it might be keep that one thing in place. And if you are sticking to your guns and holding firm about just one little thing, then probably your family is going to be understanding. They'll find a way to make it work. So if, and especially if you communicate that from the outset. So I can, I can imagine my, when my family gets together in the holidays, it's me and my children and my ex-husband and my sister and her family and my mom. And we're all there together. And often my, often it's both of my sisters, all of us are around. And if I went to them at the very beginning and said, okay, we know this is going to be hard, but one thing that is really important to me that we do to make it easier for my child is that he gets to have scrambled eggs every day for breakfast, then they'll say, yep, okay, sure, we'll make sure there's scrambled eggs for breakfast. And so and communicating that ahead of time will make a really big difference. So even when everything else is completely topsy turvy, just do at least 
some or do what you can to at least hold that one thing, that one sustaining habit in place. So, um, so three, don't try to change things up too much, which is a little bit like what I was just saying, except that I guess what I mean here is that if you've had in mind that, you know, your child should really start tying their own shoes all the time, or that your child should really uh, stop taking a nap in the afternoon, or your child should help around the house more and they can do chores like unloading the dishwasher or whatever it might be. Um, this is not a time to try to really push the envelope on that kind of thing. And yeah, you might, you know, you know, you can remember and you can think to yourself, yep, I want for my child to ultimately start uh, unloading the dishwasher. But now is not, don't do it now. Do it after the first of the year. And in fact, that's a great way to start the, the year, it, beginning in January, to have a whole fresh start. Okay, this is our chore list. This is what we're doing to help each other at, at home. So uh, yeah, so just don't try to push the envelope. The other thing that comes to mind is the, if you've got a, I hate to use the term picky eater, but if you have a child who is, um, who really knows what they like and don't like when it comes to food, now is not the time to try to, uh, you know, open their, expand their horizons and really push in that regard. So um, yeah, just do what you can to make it through without rocking the boat too much. Now's not the time. And you can do it after the first of the year or at the first of the year. That's a really great time to, to look for new things that you want to do differently. So, um, and then finally, I want you to really think about appreciating the gifts of this time of year. And yeah, things are crazy. It's topsy-turvy. You know, it might, it's complete madness sometimes. And your child can have a hard time with all of this. But you need to remember, it is always, always a blessing that your child has the opportunity to connect with extended friends and family during the holidays. So don't overlook that. Don't think to yourself, oh, I really need my child to take a nap or, or it's just not worth it. It's not worth getting together with family to, to suffer through the behavior, the trouble that my child has or the disruption that my child has um, because of this. You just, I, I mean, I hear people say that kind of thing all the time. It's just, it's not worth it. And please know it is worth it. Don't forsake the experience of connecting with friends and family just for the consistency of a regular bedtime. Years from now, your child, you're not going to remember that your child had a hard time going to sleep during the holidays, but you will remember, you know, the game that they played with their grandparents or whatever it might be. So this extends to um, whatever your child might be exposed to during that holiday season. I mean, we all, many of us as Waldorf families, really try to preserve and protect our child from things that are out there in the world. And, you know, and primary among a lot of our minds is media. And I have heard so, I've heard people worry so much about 
media exposure that their children receive when they're visiting grandparents or aunts and uncles, cousins, whatever, that they have felt like they just wanted to skip those grandparent visits. And this really makes me sad. And I know, I just, my, I guess it's it's my own bias that children benefit so much from any kind of loving relationship that the last thing we would want to do is deprive them of it. And even if it comes with a little bit of media exposure, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's still valuable. And if we remind ourselves and think about how much those grandparents and extended family really love our children, then we can't, of, of course, then it seems obvious. You know, of course, they love our children and they want the best for them. And how, how could we even imagine that having that depriving these the children of interactions and experiences with those grandparents or extended family would be the right thing for them they can have a few sleepless nights they can have a disrupted routine and they can even watch a movie now and then um, if it means that they have a strong and healthy and satisfying and loving relationship with their uh, grandparents and extended family. So, um, so the other thing I think that the this time of year brings that can be really challenging is the um, the idea of gift giving, and this is really huge because I think Waldorf families tend to be very conscious and intentional when it comes to. Um, either gifts or really just the the material objects that we have uh, in our um, that we have in our lives that we really are just so thoughtful and intentional about that and so it can be really difficult to pass that along or to face face I guess family members when they are asking uh, what to give. And this, the holiday season is, I mean, it can just be so, if we're, you know, if we're out there watching ads and hearing about, you know, things in the media, it is such a materialistic time. And if that is something that you as a family are trying to really reduce, it can be an incredibly challenging time. So, and especially when it comes to our children, because I know that most parents really don't want our children to get caught up in what gift they might be getting or, you know, to really get just to, to think that much about that. Like, I don't know. I think, I think that's something that we as Walder families are really conscious and aware of, that we want to be thoughtful about preserve like just keeping that materialistic attitude away from our children's experience so so what do we do um so uh oh and then you know the other thing is of course that we often feel like they already have so much that when they're you know the idea of more toys coming into the house is just completely overwhelming and the last thing that they need. So I remember feeling that when my children were little and I tried to think about um, other gifts. And one thing that I did um, 
practice and started and really even still maintained to some degree is uh, when I thought about gifts that they would get for the holidays, I tried to suggest three things, either that there was always a book, there um, art supplies, and clothing, or usually I, it was often some kind of winter gear that they needed, like, you know, a ski jacket or a raincoat or boots or whatever. Um, I remember my daughter got an umbrella one year. So, so these are great, like useful things that they're going to need anyway. And, um, that, and that you can really feel good about encouraging. So towards that end, I actually wrote a couple of blog posts in the last couple of weeks about these two things, So, or about both books and art supplies. So you can find on my blog, I'll link over to it in the show notes, a list of books, recommended books through the year, or through the grades, and then a list of uh art supplies that are appropriate for the different um, for the different grades. So uh, anyway, I'll link over to those posts on the blog and you can um, click through and um, check out some of those supplies. Uh, most of them I've linked over to Amazon with. So if you click one of those links, then um, it's a affiliate link. So I'll get a little, a little bit of the pie there. So, um, but what can you do about gift giving other than suggesting these three things? Well, First of all, I really recommend that you do whatever you can to keep your child kind of out of the picture when it comes to gift requests. So I know that in my family, there is kind of this this mood of make your Christmas list and that you're and the idea is that you're making it harder on everybody if you don't make a, make your Christmas list. And it feels I don't know. I, I'm. I guess I'm. I'm still grappling with how how that feels to me, and uh, to make a Christmas list. But even for me as an adult, but it's certainly something that I you know I don't really want my child to be a big part of. Now my kids are older now, and it you know it feels okay for them to make a make a Christmas list, especially given that they're um, they're extended family is kind of far from them and they're um, teenagers so their interests are kind of far and wide and it's hard for those the extended family to to really know what what to give them so so I get it I can understand a little bit but even so what ends up happening at least for my children now is because they haven't really had the experience of getting too caught up in creating a Christmas list every year they actually have a really hard time making that list. They can't, they can't think of things that they want or suggestions to give to the friends and family. And I actually feel like pretty successful about that. So I think it's, it's good that they have that feeling. It's hard to know what to, what to ask for. But depending on your child's age, I would really say to keep them out of the picture when it comes to making a Christmas list. Um, your friends and family can ask you for gift suggestions or even better, beat them to it and provide them with uh, your suggestions before they ask because it, it's quite possible that if they ask, they or if you don't do it ahead of time, they might ask your child and then your child would have that awareness and start thinking about what they want. And I know that we, we kind of don't want that to happen. So 
Second of all, when it comes to providing suggestions, give your friends and family satisfying answers. The, I think our tendency is to say, you know, oh, they don't really need anything or whatever you want or, um, or even if you want your friends and family to maybe donate to a charity in your child's name, any of those, I would say, are not going to be terribly satisfying for the gift giver. So think about, because I guess what, what I think about is that when your friends and family are giving a gift to your child, what they actually are really wanting to do is connect with your child. They want to really live into your child's experience a little bit so they can think about like, oh, what will it be like when this child receives this gift and then they'll open it and then they'll play with it and how will that feel and what will they be thinking about and how much will they enjoy it when they receive it and maybe they'll think about me when they play with it, right? These are all things that the gift giver is really thinking about and they they really want to live into and imagine the child and connect with them in that. And isn't that a great thing? <laughs> Can't we really fully stand behind that spirit of wanting to connect with the child? So recognize that that's what this gift giving is all about. It's about connecting. So give them a suggestion that will allow them to connect. So telling them, oh, it doesn't matter, don't get them anything, or donate to a charity isn't really giving them that opportunity. And that's what's so interesting here is that this kind of thing is really showing that how satisfying it is to give a gift and that really in an odd way, receiving a gift is is almost selfless in a certain way. So you're you're providing the giver with an opportunity to connect and feel really good about that connection. So give them that. Find find a, th a list, find something to suggest that you know your child is going to love and that can really help your child connect with the gift giver. So you might be able to think about specifically something that the your, you know, your mother, the child's grandparent could give to the child that will really remind the child all the time of their connection with their grandmother. So, so think about that. Um, and then finally, the last thing I wanted to share is the importance of modeling gratitude when the gift comes. So no matter what the gift is, the most important thing that you can do for your child is model gratitude. And I have to share a little story about this. And, um, this, this story is from when my oldest son, who is now 22, when he was, I don't know, he must have been six or seven, and he grew up in the time when <clears throat> uh, Toy Story was um, like the most popular Disney movie. And he, uh, his father and I were never married. And so he grew up with um, like another side of the family that had very, you know, very different contrasting values. Um, and he, you know, he didn't have a, a Waldorf experience at when he was at his dad's house. Um, but his his dad and his grandparents on that side of the family 
absolutely adored him. And so there was no doubt in my mind, even though he would go over to his dad's, he would spend the weekend, he would watch movies, he would ha you know, have all of these different experiences that he wouldn't have when he was at my house. Um, and that meant that it was often hard for him when he came home on a Sunday night. There was some, you know, transition time that we all had to kind of work with. But it was so valuable for him to have that connection. His parents or his grandparents and his dad absolutely adored him. So one year, this is where this comes, <laughs> uh, one year, it was, you know, must have been the year that Toy Story was super popular. Um, he had, I think, seen the movie with his dad, and he received for Christmas uh, not the Buzz Lightyear toy, but I guess he's the kind. He's the he, he received this toy that was the evil uh, nemesis of Buzz Lightyear. I think his name was Zerg or something. Anyway, it was this enormous hard plastic thing that had batteries and I think it was motion activated so if you like waved your hand in front of it it would talk in this extremely annoying like robotic voice um and then uh I say something silly it might have been a piggy bank or something I don't even remember but it was the most annoying thing I can think of. And of course, he came home from having Christmas at his grandparents and he pulled out this toy and just like, and showed it to me with such like delight in his eyes saying, look what grandma and grandpa gave me. And it, I mean, I, I was a little horrified, right? This was the last thing I wanted to have in my home. It had, especially this voice, it was so robotic and um, yeah, just so oh, terrible. But he loved it and I could see by that look on his face that in that toy, he was connecting with his grandparents. And of all I could do, of course, was smile and just say, oh, how lucky, what a wonderful gift. And and you'll, you'll think of your grandparents every time you look at that and every time you see it. And what, what a great thing. So, so anyway, it, that, so I, here I was, this Waldorf teacher, you know, preaching the natural toys. And then my son had this most um, annoying <laughs> toy <laughs> that sat on his dresser for months until, of course, the batteries died and uh, I did not, of course, replace them, which if he had asked, though, I would have, you know, just because it was all about the connection that he was having with his grandparents in that. So so anyway, that's, I guess my, my point there is to model gratitude, recognize that the gift is really coming out of a desire to connect, and it almost doesn't matter what the gift is, um, it, as long as it is, you know, symbolizing the connection that your child has with the gift giver. So 
Anyway, that is all I have to share with you this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And again, if you can hop over to iTunes and leave a star rating or a review, I would be really grateful. And um, yeah, I hope everyone has a fantastic holiday. If you are listening to this in real time, if you are listening to this at some point um, in the future, thanks so much for listening. And I hope that this, uh, the content of this episode will um, apply to you at some point in your life. So anyway, thanks again, and I'll talk to you soon.